Hey guys, I hope everybody is doing well today. I hope you are able to say, it is well with my soul. I pray that no matter what you're going through, God will give you the strength to say, it is well. It is so important to start our days with praise and a grateful heart, but it is also important to set the tone for the day by speaking life into your spirit, to speak God's promises over you and your family. This is not a name it, claim it thing. It is a God said it, so I believe it thing. It's a show of faith kind of thing. If you truly believe you know, that God's word is true, and if you believe that you are a child of the Most High, then receive that truth, live in that truth, walk in that truth, and speak that truth into your life. Let it do what only God's word can do, and trust that it will not return void. It will accomplish what God has intended for it to accomplish. Today's message is titled, It Wasn't Me. If you have lived long enough, you have likely had experience with someone blaming you for something you had nothing to do with. If you're married, you definitely have experience with being blamed for something you had nothing to do with. If you have siblings, you're probably also familiar with this as well. Something gets broken and your sibling blames it on you. Something gets misplaced, it's your fault. You know, my youngest will throw her sister under the bus without even hesitating. So one day I had a taste for some salt and vinegar Pringles and we had just bought some. So I grabbed the can and went to open it only to find that they were all gone. You know, I knew that my girls liked the Pringles and they liked those salt and vinegar Pringles. So I asked, you know, who ate all of them? And without hesitation, my youngest points the finger at her at her sister and says she probably ate them all when in fact it was the youngest one that had eaten them all but if you have kids you definitely know how that goes so in today's message we will pick up with the story of elijah and the widow now elijah told the woman that you know in the previous episodes we talked about in the previous episode should i say we talked about this and just to catch you up elijah told the woman that if she would take her last bit of food supplies and make him a small loaf of bread first, then make some for herself and her son, that her flour and oil jars would never run out until the drought was over, that God would supernaturally refill her supplies so that she always had food for Elijah and her family. Remember yesterday's message. This woman was preparing to fix her last meal and then wait to die. She was hopeless and at the end of her rope, so to speak, but God used Elijah to intervene and provide for her, giving her hope for tomorrow. So we pick up in 1 Kings 17, 17 through 18. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. And this is talking about the widow. Her son became ill. You know, and he grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. You know, so he died. And she said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Hold on a minute. God just used him to save her life and provide for her and her son. Elijah is just doing his thing. And when her son suddenly dies, it's Elijah's fault. Now, you know, if I was Elijah, I would be saying, hey, wait a minute. It wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. I would have been just as confused as I am the majority of the times when my wife gets mad at me and I have no idea what I did. But that's another story. 
<laughs> have you ever been blamed for something you had nothing to do with, then felt obligated to help set things straight? Then you know the position Elijah found himself in. She obviously felt conviction because she accused him of coming to her and, you know, you know, not just coming to her, but reminding her of her sin. So she accuses him, insinuating that he came to visit her just to remind her of her sin and kill her son. Like, that, that'll, that'll leave you scratching your head. Like, you know, make that make sense. But, you know, she believes that in this moment that because Elijah was sent by God, that he must have had something to do with it. You know, like him coming and her son dying is some kind of judgment for her sin. So in 1 Kings 17, 19 through 24, it says, give me your, Elijah's talking, he says, give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even to this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out over the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look. Your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So several times, you know, or several things take happen in this passage that we want to take note of. Okay, there's a few things we want to look at. Um, it was not Elijah's fault that her son died, nor do I believe that it was a judgment for her sin. I do believe that her faith was still lacking and she needed something that would push her faith over the top. I believe God allowed her son to die so that he could show his power and make her see that his word can be trusted and that in him is where her faith should be placed fully. Even though it was not Elijah's fault, he knew that God was in control of life and death. So he took the little boy and prayed over him asking God to restore his life. Look at the faith of Elijah. In spite of the obvious, meaning the, talking about the kid being dead, Elijah doesn't allow the fact that this kid is, is actually dead. He doesn't allow that to diminish his faith. He knows that God has the power over life and death. Then look at how Elijah prays. It is a short and direct prayer. No rambling, no just going on and on. It, it's direct to the point. But it is a heartfelt prayer, even though his prayer technique is kind of odd and would later be repeated by Elisha and Paul. It is Elijah's faith that moves God. There was no precedence for this kind of prayer. No one had ever been raised from the dead. So Elijah takes the boy upstairs so he can pray undistracted. Elijah's faith moves God and God hears his cry for help. And for the first time, God raises someone from the dead. This had, it, this had to be an incredible moment. This had never been done before, yet Elijah asked God to do it anyway. Is there something that God has never done you know, for you before? Something you've never asked him for because it seems too far-fetched or improbable, so you don't ask. It is time to show some Elijah faith. 
and pray bold prayers. Either you believe God is capable or you don't. Let your faith speak loudly as you show God that you trust him completely. After God restores the boy's life, Elijah carries him downstairs and gives him to his mother. And you can almost hear the excitement in his voice. He says, look, your son is alive. He showed incredible faith, but it's like he is impressed that it worked. But the widow's response is what is really telling. She says, now I know you are a man of God and that the word of of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So the miracle provision that she had been receiving daily wasn't enough to sure up her faith. But now that she felt real tragedy and seeing God's power in a personal, in a more personal way, she believes, you know, and her faith is solidified. Has, you know, has God taken you through a difficult situation so that he could solidify your faith and show you that you can trust him in all things? Even though God shows us every day that we can trust him, and even though we have the head knowledge and know that God can do all things, we still doubt that he will actually do it. The world has conditioned us to believe that if something is seen as physically impossible, then asking for it is like believing in a fairy tale and you shouldn't waste your time. But we serve a God that specializes in impossible Impossible is what he does. But the devil would love to keep you thinking that you are that you're wasting your time and, and you know and not to bother. But God thrives and shines with the impossible because it gets him all the glory. When it's impossible, he gets all the glory, as it should be. So let's come to God with bold prayers, with an Elijah faith. Trust him to do what only he can do. He is the God of impossible. In closing, let me say this. This story starts out with Elijah being blamed for something he had nothing to do with. As shocked as he probably was, he did not get defensive. Instead, he was compelled to exercise his faith in an unprecedented way. And God does the impossible, which leads to not only a a first-of-its-kind miracle, but it solidifies the faith of the widow and likely elevated even Elijah's faith. Anytime someone shows real faith, God is honored and others are blessed. And when your faith can be tested, it can be trusted. Thank you, God, that impossible is what you do. I am grateful that you are patient with us, always showing mercy and grace. Forgive us, Lord, when we doubt you. Let us write your word upon our heart and let your praises forever be on our lips. God, nobody enjoys having their faith tested. Nobody prays for tragedy or storms in their life, but they come anyway. So when they come, help us to exercise our faith. Help us to have an Elijah-sized faith. Speak life into our spirit, God, so that we may walk in the confidence of your truth, so that we may live unrestrained and unbound, For the shackles have been broken, and there is power in the blood that covers us. We know that the enemy feeds on tragedy and difficulties, always sowing doubt, fear, hopelessness, and anxiety. I pray, God, that when the enemy comes, you that your people will stand on your word and shut the enemy down. Send him packing in the name of Jesus. Help us to exercise true faith so that you can be glorified and others can be blessed. Amen.